Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to our show. Today, our guest is Seth Morales. He is the CEO of the Morales Group. Seth, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Neil. Well, I'm excited about this topic. We're going to get into the idea of, of human-focused leadership while we're in this transition to the digital age. But I want to first stop, uh, let you introduce yourself, your company. Yeah, just at a high level, uh, work with a company called the Morales Group. We've been around for 17 years. And at a high level, we're a staffing and recruiting company. We primarily focused in the blue-collar, light industrial space. We have around 4,000 temporary employees. We call them teammates, but we've got 4,000 weekly teammates, and we have about 145 corporate teammates internally. And uh, we staff up a lot of operations that deliver packages to your front door during you know this pandemic or any other time. And a lot of warehousing and manufacturing is, is kind of our sweet spot. And uh, we've been doing it and uh, enjoy kind of the, just the space. We think there's a real need for lifting up this essential workforce. And um, it's very kind of, I think, globalized with our workforce, that the folks that we, we employ and think of ourselves as kind of the United Nations of staffing. So yeah, that's a little bit about us. Well, let's take a view from there because, I mean, that's obviously a big question right now. Like essential workers is the topic we talk about when it comes to people doing deliveries, people working in factories and things like that. We rely on supply chains for. So what has that experience been from you? Do you feel like in the last four to five months, like your business has really focused, really picked up, really drawn down? If you had to re-pivot things or what's it been like for you? It's been a really interesting I think last three months, if you think about from our business standpoint, we took a a pretty big hit in March and April. A lot of businesses just shut down, whether you're an automaker or you're a supply chain. A lot of that was kind of pressed pause. Uh, Some of the stuff that really picked back up, um, thankfully, during that time period was e-commerce, so anything online. And so we had a large um, thousand plus order from Walmart. Their e-com division just blew up out here in uh, Indianapolis and that, that was a big game changer for us. And so um, I think what's really interesting is just this essential workforce really, I think, became uh, to the forefront. And uh, I think those that have been marginalized in the past have been um, recognized. And now it's an opportunity, I think, to really kind of lift up this workforce and empower them and kind of build a better future. And so that's been something that we've really tried to do a lot better job of just we're not just, you know, 140, 145 strong with our corporate teammates. Those 4,000 employees that we have weekly running, running around shipping boxes around the, the country, they're, they're a big part of our family as well. And so how do you um, make them feel valued? So it's been, a, I think, a really cool pivotal change in our, in our just overall just world with how you view those, those employees. Uh, Seth, tell us when we use the term digital workplace, what does that mean to you, especially within all these transitions? If I say, what does your digital workplace look like? How do you answer? Yeah, our digital workplace looks like 90 days ago, it really wasn't much of a a digital workplace and we had to pivot really quick. And we did it within a couple of weeks. We had a decent platform. We've got a Microsoft um, platform where we do all of our communications with the company through teams. So you have your teams, you know, uh, just like video chats and you have your communication, you have your messenger 
that's been a kind of a baseline for us. Um, a lot of us have been um, leveraging Zoom as well. And so I think like any other company that had to pivot, and figure out kind of what their, their tools look like. We, um, we've looked at Slack and we've used Slack in the past. We've, you know, obviously been using day-to-day with teams. And so it's been interesting to try to figure out um, how you leverage that technology in a pandemic and how you work from home because we didn't have anyone working from home. And so I think our team adapted pretty quickly um, with not a lot of like, technical savviness. I think there's other companies out there that were definitely steps ahead, but it fast forwarded our group into the future and we've adapted. And right now the tools are teams and any type of, um, you know, video chat has been really key for us. Yeah. And where do you feel like is the biggest hole that you have right now that you have either have to find a different solution for, or you, you haven't quite found a solution for when it comes to improving your workplace? That's a really good question. I think the most important thing right now is so, when, when we as a recruiting company, we would interview everyone in person. So when the pandemic hit or the coronavirus took place in March, we had to go 100% virtual. And so right now our virtual recruiting process, while it works, it's clunky. And so we don't have a seamless, frictionless process to get somebody from A to B uh, in a quick manner. You think about when you get on the Uber app and you've got you know, a driver within a, a minute of kind of logging into the system, we don't have that. It takes way too much time. And so I think our, our big challenge right now as we go forward is how do we cut out the friction, create a, a short and sweet um, technology or, or app that allows employees to get hired virtually within a matter of minutes. And so right now it takes, you know, 45 minutes to go through that process. That's just entirely too long. So we got to figure that out. So I think that's one of the gaps we have right now. Well, Seth, one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because you're a very inspiring person. You put up a lot of great thoughts on LinkedIn and other platforms just to show the, the heart you have behind the leadership you have. So I really want to get into that. As we further move into this digital age, which we're all thrown into, what is your philosophy of leadership when it comes to how do we keep humanity focused as we become more digital in these ages? I think it's a real difficulty right now because you have you know different leaders from different ages and you have... Uh, leaders who haven't adapted to uh, technology, maybe they're you know in the kind of twilight of their career, and you have a lot of folks that are uh, maybe newer leaders that really kind of rely heavily on on technology, but don't understand um, how to kind of bridge the gap with some of the humanization of leading people, you know, face to face. And so, I think right now, from my perspective, I've got a unique. Um, outlook because I've got kind of this blend. I think of it as kind of like a chef where you take your human aspect and you take the information technology platforms and you try to blend them together and find kind of the right balance. And so me as a CEO, that's my job. I I had my dad, so I just became CEO um, in January of this year. And so talk about kind of coming into like a real challenge early on as a leader. But my dad told me, and I, I, I say this with a lot of respect. He was like, if, if I was in your role, I would have really struggled uh, to navigate through this storm because I don't know how to, although he has great people and we would have been able to figure it out alongside him. Um, I think having kind of that chef blend where you understand the human element of culture and people over profit, but then at the same time, you're curious enough as like a technology teenager that you're trying to find these ways to um, blend the technology to make you a better, um, just, you know, 
overall service or product or whatever you're you're doing as a business. And so I think this whole this this whole shift has really fast forwarded us into having to figure it out. And there's been some kind of looking on the outside in. I think leaders that um, maybe come from a different era. And so I think being able to try to find that balance and be that chef to blend the two together has been really important. Yeah. So, so you became CEO in, in January. Yeah. And then within two months, you were dealing with the global pandemic that nearly like crippled the business. Yeah. That must have been an exciting time. Yeah, it's a good time to weather a storm. But I think, you know, you look at these situations and um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. I mean, we're still not out of the, the dark yet, but being able to go through a storm like that, you know, to kind of season that and just have that experience, I think it's uh, it's invaluable, you know, so. Well, tell us, give us some tips and some stories about what are some ways that you have practically, both with your team that's there, the 140 team, and then also with your, your 4,000 people that are out there, what are the ways that you have tried to use technology and use the digital platform to make sure people know that you're still thinking about them, you're trying to bring in that human element? What are some examples you can tell us about? A few basic examples that we've done that I think are, are tactical that, that have been productive for us is, you know, instead of sending out a corporate sounding email, I've done a weekly uh, video email and, and send it out on our, our Teams platform. It's two minutes long. It's empathetic. It's genuine. It's transparent. And so you get this kind of authentic feel from me at home, hanging out, being real with the team about here's where we're at. We, we suck here. We're doing great here. This is what we need to improve upon. And so I think the team's appreciated that. We've done a lot of um, after hours where owners get together, myself, my wife, and my father, and we get on uh, Teams calls or a Zoom call with um, external teammates that we don't get to see, you know, day to day. And we spend 15, 20 minutes just checking in on how are they doing? Maybe they're um, a teammate that's on the front line around a lot of essential workers. And there's a lot of just like, I think, mental health and challenge right there. And so we've just been really intentional about making that time to love on people after hours when maybe they can't, um, you know, stop work and, and kind of pivot and get on a team's call. So that's been really helpful. I think the other thing that we've been uh, intentional about is we have a Legos meeting or it's, a, it's just a monthly um, town hall that we get together and we get everyone on Zoom and we've got 140 deep and um, we're doing our, our Legos town hall from you know our bedroom with my, our, our son putting the Lego blocks on, on the Lego home. And um, it's authentic, it's real, it's transparent. Um, and it's another way to, I think, kind of cut through you know, some of the just the typical corporate speak that you get. So I think we've tried to pull back the curtain with some of the technology and just be authentic and vulnerable uh, with some of the, the, the video conferencing. That's been helpful, but we haven't figured it out. So there's no playbook right now. Yeah. And it's just kind of a lot of testing and trialing. And, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one monthly calls with other CEOs from around the country about what they're doing. And so I think some of those best practices have been helpful to hear what they've done. So sure. I don't know, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. For sure. And you guys have experimented too, even with some food elements. You did like a Taco Tuesday type thing to yeah. bring some ideas. Talk about that. Yeah. So we do Taco Tuesdays with our external branch offices. We have 10 of them. And we did one yesterday. My wife and I got on a call and we had our um, Anderson office that we jumped in on. And we had um, uh, you know several members of that team get on Basically, we order DoorDash, you know, Chipotle comes to their, their house, it's paid for. But it's really just, it was 45 minutes of how are you doing? 
what's going on. We didn't talk business. Um, one individual had a, um, a father-in-law who just passed away and, and the other one had gallbladder surgery. And um, another one couldn't have uh, their daughter's wedding up at Notre Dame because, you know, of COVID. So, that, so but you get to, you get these like intimate like conversations where people are being pretty real with you. And so I think that speaks a lot to um, just being a, a human leader right now. And this just kind of trying time, but that that's been helpful. So taco Tuesdays, we continue to do that. It's basically once a week for about an hour during lunch. And uh, we use the uh, DoorDash app to, to power Morales group kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one time. That's fun. I like the aspect of like in some ways, a digital aspect makes things more impersonal because it feels like you're just dealing with data all day long. But you guys are trying to find a way to actually bring in more intimacy than you maybe even had in the office by bringing people into your home and seeing your kids play, by having these kind of times to have these deep conversations that maybe wouldn't have happened even in the office. I think that level of trying to create extra intimacy within a digital space is a really important one to think through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, mental health because that's the topic you brought up. What is the extra obligation that companies have when it comes to mental health, especially when you're dealing with a digital environment where you see each other less, it's harder to check up on people, you don't see someone constantly throughout the day if you know that they're struggling? So are there any extra steps that you feel like you are taking or you would like to take in terms of taking care of the mental health of your employees? Yeah, I, that's a really, really good question. I think mental health right now is a, it's a big challenge just given all the heaviness that's going on right now in our country, whether it's the economy, social injustices, the coronavirus, you know, so many people have passed. It's affected a lot of people. And so um, I think there's two kind of, two play calls here. There's the, the company that kind of doesn't necessarily buy into this or roll up their sleeves and really want to get into that empathetic side of uh, managing and leading their team. And that that's, I think that's unfortunate. And then there's kind of the, uh, the other side of it where, we take this approach of how do we how do we how do we dig in and really try to truly understand what's going on with, with some of our, our teammates. For example, we had a, we had a, a teammate, a full time employee, one of our 140 uh, staff members. Uh, she lost her um, mother and grandmother in the same week to the coronavirus, and, and father is in the hospital on a on a bed with with the coronavirus as well. That's deep. That's heavy. That's real. And I think um, simple things like, hey, we're going to reach out and just stop by, have a cup of coffee on the front porch. Hey, we're going to get a meal train set up for you so you don't have to worry about food over the next few weeks. You know, a simple text message, just touching base, you know, making a, a quick phone call. But those are things that I think are authentic. Um, yeah, some of it's in person, some of it's using technology, but it's, it's, I think it's been real heavy. And um, I think if you're not prepared as a company to really roll up your sleeves, I think you're missing an opportunity because I think right now we're going through this shift where it matters more and more today to truly care for your employees. And at, at our company, we have a really healthy culture. We developed, I think, something extremely um, successful when it comes to just intentional, engaged culture. And we did it in person. And now we're, we're having to reinvent that, you know, in digital space where we're kind of working from home. Some of us are in the office. And so I think you have to be really intentional about cultivating this new type of culture. And empathy is a big ingredient, a part of that. And so I think as a leader, 
trying to find ways to figure out, you know, where's that engagement? Where's that need to be? One thing that we've done that's been really helpful is we've used an engagement tool called uh, Amplify. And they came up with, you know, uh, an engagement survey for coronavirus itself. And so you get this feedback from your team and then you act upon it and you figure out where your trouble spots are and what you're not doing well. And then you kind of, you know, you, you dig into that. And so I think that's where a high amount of empathy has been demonstrated is where you listen, but you also act uh, after you've gotten kind of that data. So I don't know, it's a work in progress. We haven't figured it out, but it's, um, it's a good challenge for us right now. Yeah, we'll be interested to track along with you to see, you know, obviously having that strong culture at the start based in the office is amazing. And to see, you know, how you can still have that strong culture in a digital environment. But what does change? What was harder? What was better? What was easier? What are some ways you got around that? So it'll be good to check in with you in in a year and to see like what you all have done to increase that too. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to kind of take a look back and see how we evolved and what you know, what came from this, you know, 2020. I told people the other day, I was like, hey, it's it's 2020, it's June, we got a second half left. You know, there's plenty of time to really kind of make 2020, you know, the change that we really wanted. It, it's fast forwarded us into this new, I, I think I think it's been, it's been really heavy and, and hard, but it's been such a good change. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how we evolve and look back. For sure. I appreciate the reminder you gave too, that it's not like we just decided to experiment with the work from home example. Like, we did this because there's a, a virus going on and that's really affecting people. And if you have that many employees, somebody's going to be affected at some point. And to recognize yeah. that this is not just all fun and, and games, just an experiment, but people are dealing with real stuff. We have the racial issues that we have to deal with right now. So you have employees that are minorities, like that's real stuff going on for them too. So it's really a, a real issue and we shouldn't just treat it as just a, hey, this is some experiment we're dealing with. That's a good reminder. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Seth, let's close out on here. Maybe you can give us a, just a public service announcement. You are in touch with these teammates that you have that are in the, the e-commerce world. For a lot of us, e-commerce is is a way to kind of not have to go to the store to kind of create this impersonal bond behind it. But you see the people that are actually running that. So what are some things that those of us on the other side of it should know when it comes to the personal side of what's going on in the e-commerce world? Yeah. When I think about the e-commerce world, you've got thousands and hundreds of people inside a big box warehouse and they're moving packages and they're putting their their personal health on the line, you know, along with all the other healthcare workers and other, you know, civic servants right now. And I think tip of the hat to the, this group that um, is helping kind of keep America run, you know, having toilet paper show up to your front door or having um, that that box of whatever it is that you need for food. Uh, to kind of continue to work from home and keep your your family and uh, team healthy it is really important. But you know, I think for the longest time, somebody who makes twelve or fourteen or fifteen dollars an hour has been kind of looked upon as just um, I don't know. They're just kind of they, they're left behind. And now we have this opportunity. I think this moment in time where um, it's it's the same thing. I think with some of the racial injustice to really kind of use the platform to say, hey, no, these people. These, these folks who um, have been disenfranchised, who need an opportunity, they, they need a voice. They need somebody to be a champion for them. And so I see so many of our competitors who are in our staffing space that don't do that. They look at it as more of a transaction versus like, this is a redemptive opportunity to really give back and lift these people up. And so 
I would challenge everyone. My, my public service announcement on this would be, how are you building a better future for these people? How are you, how are you investing and not just talking about it, but what are you doing? How are you skilling up this workforce? Do you have a nonprofit arm or do you have a partner that, that can provide um, skilling up of, of skills to, to these different people? How are you empowering their just, just skill set? And so I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to step up today and really kind of lift this workforce up. And so I see it as, as a real big challenge for us. Yeah. Well, all the best to you as you do that. I think it's an important thing and it's a noble thing to do to make sure that we do look out for everyone and make sure that no one's no one's left feeling like the impersonal cog that keeps America running and doesn't get the credit they deserve for that. So thanks for the work you're doing. We look forward to tracking along with you and, and hearing how you are able to transition the culture over to a digital workplace and best of luck with all that. So thanks for coming on the show and being a part of this. Awesome, Neil. Thank you for having me. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.